Previously on the OctaClean podcast. More importantly, before we really get going here, a couple of podcasts ago, we talked about um, you wearing a wig the entirety of a podcast. If we get 100 likes, Greg's going to wear a wig the entirety of the next podcast. Only if we get 100 100 likes. 100. That's not very many. That's not very many. potential customer interested in your cleaning services has just reached out for a price estimate. But before you can give an accurate quote, there is a crucial step that you need to complete, the initial walkthrough. In this episode of the OctaClean podcast, Greg and I will prepare you for what happens before, during, and after an initial walkthrough. I gotta say, Greg, your hair is pretty amazing. Thank you. I like it too. I think it's great. Yeah, I. Uh, Somebody from YouTube said that my, it's my alter ego is Gary. Gary. Um, I, I have to admit it's going to be difficult for me to pay attention or be serious about pretty much anything today. But yeah, I, I like it. I like it. And thank you for everyone who, um, who liked the video so that we could end up with this amazing. I actually look. grew this myself. Sure, you did. I did it. If you would like the hair tonic, I'm selling it. Nineteen ninety nine. You don't get one, you get two. Oh my God! In 1999. Yeah, I thought it was hair club for, I don't know, hair club that for, for hair club for but perm perm blonde hair. You can hair. always grow. You can only grow a permed afro. That's going to be a limited. It's still, it's limited. That's a limited market. It's a limited. Market. <laughs> it's a limited market. <laughs> Trying a new trend here. All right. Well, I get Taylor Swift to wear. We're good though. Exactly. We're good. Also, we're selling out. Yeah. Well, you know, she podcast is closed. She Swift apparently has made Travis Kelsey, uh, you know, famous. She could make me famous too. Not like he wasn't already famous, but anyway. Well, Greg, it, it, it's good to see you. This is an interesting topic today, and one that I think really has, you know, the the potential for, um, you know, salespeople to to. Now make a difference. This is what I look at. Like 80% of the deal is done at this walkthrough. And so when I when I chat with folks in the in the industry and they're like, oh well, how do you close the deal at, when you give them the proposal? I'm like, if you haven't closed it before that, or at least done enough to win the confidence over, then you're yeah, a piece of paper is not going to Ab- absolutely not. Uh, but before we get into the questions, I also want to recognize that we're wearing some OctoClean swag today. Yep. Uh, Greg's just wearing a shirt. If but... you like these, you become either a franchise owner or an employee, and I will send one to you. Yes. Otherwise, you can go online at shop.octoclean.com, and you'll be able to get these cool shirts. So uh, clean. And there's a out. bunch of different shirts. There's yeah. hats. There's a bunch of stuff. There's, there's really cool stuff. Yeah, neat stuff. And as we're trying to make it more industry-specific, um, you know, so not so much OctoClean, but more of a brand for the industry. So uh, we're going to head out to ISSA um, this week, actually. I'm hoping to see some folks out there wearing our, be great. our swag. It'd be pretty cool to see that. So if not, we're going to be giving away some stuff. So if you're headed out there, you know, um, maybe you'll get it. But this will probably film or, you know, release later. So too late. All right. So here we go. First question. Um, what is an initial walkthrough and why is it important? Good question. So what's happening here is that a customer has contacted you and said, or a prospect and said, Hey, we'd like for you to come out and give us a bid. And so what's the, what's the typical emotion of a salesperson when somebody reaches out to you for that? Oh, they're thrilled. All they want to do is set the appointment. Yeah. Like, when am I going to be there? 
they're super excited. They tend to um, forget about anything related to sales and they just go in there and they're like, well, if they're calling me, then they want me to service. Well, that's not the case. I mean, they're gonna get at least three or four bids. And what they're doing is, is that they're analyzing whether or not you're a competent contractor from the first phone call until they say yes. And all of that, a lot they of that- find out the opposite, or they know you're a competent contractor. They know they're gonna go out to bid and they're like, well, I want you to be my high bid so I can pick whoever I had before because I know you're gonna be higher. That's, so there's a yeah. lot of qualifying questions that you should even ask before you even go to the walkthrough. Right. Because it is a waste of time if, if like all they want is a quote. Or you already went there last year. We get that a lot. Like, oh, well, I, I got a quote from you last year. And then it's like, you can look at your calendar on your, your Google calendar. Be like, it's almost exactly 12 months from yeah. last time. Why are you calling me? Right. So I think that's the sales thing that, you know, so that, that gets lost. The qualifying questions for a, uh, for a prospect on the phone, right? So they're going to send in a form. They're going to they're gonna call you, um, send you an email, whatever it is. Scheduling an appointment over email or just calling and saying, I'll be there at you know 10 o'clock tomorrow morning isn't sufficient to your point. Instead, there needs to be some qualifying questions, some pre-qualifying questions. So, you know, the simplest things are, um, you know, you want to find out more about the building, right? So, well, tell me more about the facility. How many days a week are you getting service right now? Um, you know, how, how many square feet do you have? Um, and if they say, I don't know what my square footage is, a, a good trick for this would be how many people work in the cleanable square footage, right? And so I, I tell all of my sales folks this and they're like, well, what's that all about? Because if they don't know their square footage, on average, a person will um, occupy about two to 250 square feet of, yeah. of space. So if they have 10 employees, it's probably 2,500 to 3,000 square feet. The reason why this is important on the qualifying side is because if they say, well, I only want one day a week service, go back to our videos on, on, you know, on, on the channel here and you'll see that having a minimum bid is important. And so if it's only one day a week and they're like, yeah, it's one day a week and there are two people working in the office, that's the time where you're disqualifying that prospect. So as much as these are qualifying questions, really what we're doing is we're disqualifying the prospect. Because by doing that, we're saving time. Because the only thing that we really can't get back is our own time. Yeah. Right? And we're already busy enough. So it's going to be how many days a week, how much square footage. And I'm doing that so that I know what is happening with the bid and what's the number going to look like. Before I get off the phone and before the, the, you know, the scheduled meeting is, is set, I'm going to ask another series of questions, but the primary, you know, focus is around pain. Like, what are they struggling with? So, you so know, pain for us is for people that don't know that. I'll kind of jump in. Um, pain's not like, oh, that really hurts, but it kind of is that way. So, like, pain points for us are like, well, why, why do you even want to get a bit? And then they'll, how long have you been dealing with that? Well, is it? They'll say, well, it's, it, they're they're really expensive. I was like, okay, well, tell me why that matters and kind of pulling that pain out. That way it does start the conversation and you have a list of things that you're writing as a sales rep saying, okay, this is what he said on the phone. That way when I'm there, I can actually sit down for an hour and say, this is what he said on the phone. This could be his answers. And you can kind of prep early before you get there. Right. And that's something that I think that most sales reps don't do is they just show up 
and then they start the conversation. Yeah. And you may show up and you're meeting with his assistant and she just walking and showing you around. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's like Matt's saying, is it's, unlike the initial walkthrough, it's very important to have the call be like the initial, do I even need to be on the walkthrough? Right, the disqualifier. And, you know, so that, you know, you made a lot of great points on that area because by asking them, explain to me the reason why I'm coming out. Okay, that, and I like, to, I like to tailor the question that way because if they say, well, my boss said that um, I need to get another bid. Okay, so now I'm learning something from that answer and that you know, response can be, okay, well, you're not the person who's gonna be making the decision, you're the one who's facilitating the process. Yeah. So it's gonna be something like, well, okay, I got that, but what's the reason that your boss asked you to go out to bid? And she or he would say something along the lines of, well, we've been having a lot of issues with our current cleaning company. This goes into what I would call a mini pain funnel, right? And so for those of you who don't know, we talk a lot about Sandler, we talk a lot about pain funnels, uh, we talk a lot about you know, UFC or upfront contracting. The, the pain funnel is a pretty simple process. They say, well, we've been having a lot of problems, so let's play this game, because you and I know this pretty well. Um, I'll, be, I'll be the customer or the prospect. So we've been having a few problems with our current company. How long has that been going on? Well, you know, it's, it seems like it's been going on pretty consistently. What have you done to try to fix that? Um, well, I know we call them all the time. And when we call them, they say they're going to get it fixed. It looks good for a couple weeks, and then it's right back to what it is. Do we say problems? What kind of problems are you dealing with? Um, so specifically, uh, the kind of problems like they don't, you know, they don't clean the bathroom well, they're not stocking paper. It's those kind of issues, and it just seems like it never ends. And that probably can be pretty embarrassing if the bathroom is not stocked well, huh? Yeah, I, I would say that. Yeah. What have you done to fix it? Like I said, we call them over and over, you know, and when we call them, it's, this is what we get, and the, the wig is spectacular, man. Yeah. Do you like that? So what we're doing is we're finding pain points, right? And so these pain points, and I, I look at, you know, depending on the size of the customer, I want to have at least one but if it's a larger customer, I probably want two or three. Yeah. So if, you know, and I think really digging into on the, on the pain funnel side on the phone, which again, you're nervous, you're excited, whatever those emotions are. They called me, oh, wow, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a deal. You're not gonna get anything if you're not asking these kind of questions, if you're not identifying what the pain and problems are. And most importantly, is this an account that I wanna go to in the first place? So, you know, true story, um, you know, we used to have people just set appointments, right? And uh, so this is actually kind of funny, but, um, and we would pay them like a fee, like a, a price per lead. Um, and this was in-house. We've also done it outsourced. I don't recommend that at all. Um, but what you get from those types of leads can be pretty ridiculous because the people who are on the phone, their goal is to schedule the appointment. That's it. Yeah, they really don't care what it looks like when they get there. So we give them a series of like a script and say, this is what you have to ask. And they ask a third of it. And usually it's the stuff that disqualifies pricing. I get a phone call from a salesperson who had a meeting scheduled. And he says, um, you won't believe it, but I'm sitting in front of someone's, I'm sitting in front of a building that's a candy store. Yeah, I was going to say the candy shop, right? And I, I was like, no, you got to take a picture and send this to me. It was like a fluorescent colored building with like pink letters. And it had the name of whatever the lead was. 
candy shop at the end. Of course, that was not you know put into the under the lead form yeah. that it was actually a candy shop. So um, qualify, disqualify. More importantly, so this and a lot of it is budget. I mean, if you don't know who they are, you're going to either punch it up on Google Maps if they don't know. I mean, use use your resources. Yep. I don't know how big it is. You can do things like, is it bigger than a football field? Oh, no, it's not. Is it, you know, how many, like Matt's saying, how many people do you have in it? If that's what you're worried about. But more than likely, a quick Google search is going to tell you what kind of building it is, where they're at, you know, and then you could get into, you know, I always like to ask what they say is like the stupid question is, well, what's the budget for something like that? Yeah. And, and then it's like a non, they're like, okay, well, uh, like we pay 2000 bucks a month. Okay, well. That's a question I call the 50-50 question, right? I and mean, if I ask it, you're probably going to get it half the time. I ask actually how I tailor it. Like I'll, I'll frame that for them if I feel like I need to have a budget question. Typically, I don't ask the budget question until I'm in front of them. Yeah, in the, in the uh, But like at the end of the day. The phone call, the conversation, and what do you do before? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down these things yeah. step by step. Number one is I want to disqualify them based on budget, right? So we already talked about that. Size of building um, and uh, how many people are in it, how many days a week. Next is pain. Do you, am I coming out there because you have a problem I need to solve? And the last thing is you need to have an upfront contract, right? So an upfront contract is, well, we're going to be meeting at your building. It's going to take about an hour. This is what you can expect. I'm sure you're going to have a bunch of questions. I certainly am going to have a lot of questions for you. Is it okay that when we get there that we sit down first and we go through those questions? Yes. Because if you don't do that, when you get to the building, every other contractor is walking in with their little clipboard and they're going through and they're measuring the building or they're doing something. There's no conversation. Yeah. There's nothing happening. Okay. So budget, pain, UFC or upfront contract. Now you've hung up the phone. You've scheduled the meeting. You need to send them an email thanking them for the meeting and send them a calendar invite. Because if you don't do that, it's just, you're just wasting time because you're going to show up and they're gonna be like, oh, I totally forgot that I had my meeting today. Right. I mean, it, because people get busy and then they're going to look for an excuse. So always send an email follow up and then you're going to set um, the, the calendar invite. When you hang up the phone, okay, you're going to do your research because I, this is the one thing I hate more than anything else when I interview people is I, the first question I usually ask um, a potential employee is, what do you know about Octoclub? Yep. That's the first thing I ask. And the reason I'm doing that is because if you haven't done your research into who we are, how could you want to be part of what we're doing? And so in sales, what we're doing is we're, we're looking at, like, you have to do your research. Go on LinkedIn. Who are you meeting? Go on the webpage right? Um, see what the company's about. Like you said, go on maps, do your, you know, go ahead and measure on maps because there's a yeah. great way to do that, right? There is. And so you, you know more about the property than they think you know. So when you come in, you can say, well, tell me more about this area in the back. I see you have a warehouse plus an office. Like, what are you doing with the warehouse? Like, how did you know that? It's like, well, I've done my research. Like, what are your challenges right now in the economy because you're in distribution or manufacturing, or you're in medical and the issues with reimbursements. These are things that you should know before you even get there. And that's the stuff that you want to do before the first meeting happens. Yep. Okay. So 
I'm going to tell you like this, this kind of conversation, like the, if you were to actually execute this, you're going to already walking in, be head and shoulders above every other person who walks in that door. And this is an industry thing. Like we talk about like transforming the industry. If you're going into, these are tactics that software companies have been doing for years. Yep. Large construction companies have been doing for years. And our industry is like, I'll just go in and take a look and we'll see. I'll just throw it. You know, and that's really what the sales tactic is that we're doing is is changing how janitorial sales are going. It's, I mean, it really, I look at it as a simple professional way of doing business. I agree. You know, and because we're good at this and we train it well to our our sales staff, it's the easiest thing we do. You know, selling is the easiest thing we do. Thanks to marketing as well. I mean, the sure. fabulous team that puts together the message and the people can look up. Um, and it's really because, you know, we, the standard of customer or prospect that we're willing to engage with is one who has, that qualifies, right? That has a budget, that has pain, that understands that we want to act in, uh, it, you know, professionally. So now we're going to the meeting. Okay, so when should you perform the initial walkthrough? Uh, what pre-qualifying questions? We already, already answered that. Um, how should you prep for the walk? We kind of already went through that. Um, so now, how do you perform the walkthrough? You've already given them the map, right? Yep. You already told the customer or prospect, this is what you can expect when I show up at the meeting. You do need to re remind them of that. Though. So yeah, so now we go back in and we refresh the upfront contract, you know? Um, so you wanna play again? Sure. I'll be, the, I'll, I'll be the salesperson this time. You good with that? I'm good with it. All right. So I'm gonna go into the walk. I'm gonna introduce myself. I always shake hands. I know we're I know we're in the COVID hey, world. I'm Gary. Yeah, but hey, hey Gary, how's it going? I really like your hair. Thank you. I just had it done. Can you uh, give me your hairstylist? Um, sure. Okay. After we're done here. Yeah. Get, you know, you can just send me the number. Yep. It's pretty nice. I like it. Um, well, thanks for meeting with me. And you know, as I mentioned on the phone, I'm gonna need about 30 minutes to an hour. Okay. Um, and you know, is there a place that we can go and sit and we can? Yeah. Let's you know, go talk meet? in the conference room. Okay. Great. So then we go and we sit, right? Um, and now when I'm sitting with them, I've already gotten my notebook out or whatever I'm writing things down on, and I have the pains that they gave me, right? And so now I'm going deep into the pain funnel, um, and I'm gonna go through that a little bit. You're showing the customer you paid attention. Exactly, exactly. And, and I may, I'll probably have some things I deliberately put on my notepad, you know, things that I've researched about their company because if I don't do that and I don't make it obvious that I've done that, then I'm not showing professionalism. So, mm -hmm. um, so great. Um, hey, Gary, again, uh, the hair, man. Um, well, we are a wig company. Well, I, I know. And I, I learned a lot about wigs um, just from doing some research online. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, it's pretty special. So you mentioned on the phone when we, uh, we talked that you're having some issues with the restrooms not being cleaned regularly. Yeah. Um, can you be a little more specific about that? Well, the, the guys, they go in and I actually, I, I actually watch the alarm codes when they come in and they spend like five minutes in the, the warehouse restrooms and we got about 35 people back there. So as you can imagine, it's pretty dirty. So, um, I don't even go back there. It's how dirty it is. I don't, I just don't mess with it. And then up front, it kind of seems like the same thing. Um, so yeah, the restrooms are an issue, but, but there's a lot more than just restrooms. And I, you mentioned on the phone, this has been a problem for a while, um, would you say it was, I don't know, two weeks, three weeks, months, years, but decades? We've been with them for about two and a half years. 
And I really like the guy. I mean, the guy that, that owns it, the guy that manages I really like him. He's a good guy. Yep. Um, his crews just aren't doing it. I mean, every time they're like, well, we'll get a new crew or whatever. It just doesn't fix it. And um, we're at the point now we're just kind of like, let's see if there's something else out there. And I don't suppose this is costing you a lot of time, you know, money issues related to this. I mean, how much time are you spending on this every day? Well, I don't really think about that because I'm here anyway. Oh, okay. I got you. Does anybody else help you, like, call the co- you know the company or anything, or is it just, just you? Yeah, I'll have my, my warehouse guy. Like, he'll stop the guy when he comes in to clean because yeah. they're usually there when he's there. And it's just getting frustrating. You know, I got to get up on my desk and go over there and look at the bathroom because he wants to show me how dirty it is. And I don't have time for that. I was going to ask you, and it sounds frustrating. It's very frustrating. I mean, have you given up trying to work on this? Yeah, I think that's why you're here today, honestly. Okay. Because right. we've, we've, you know, to me and my wife, we own it, and we've really sat down and talked. And, you know, while I like to do it, it's just not getting done. And it's getting to the point now where it's just, I'm just fed up. Gotcha. Well, thanks for sharing that. Um, I, and then I would move into a second or a third or a fourth pain funnel, right? Usually you get down to two and it's enough. Um, and what we are getting out of this is that emotion makes change. Right. So we're getting into the frustration. So we are a we're we're the doctors that solve pain. Right. So we prescribe pain medication. That's our job in sales. It's not to sell candy. You know, we don't sell candy. We don't sell Ferraris and things like that. So we're looking for tell me what hurts and let me help you fix it. And so in this conversation, in this one on one meeting that I'm having with them, it enables them to become engaged in partnership with us where they feel that we're listening and we're creating a space where their pain can be resolved. Yeah. So once we get through this, now we go out and we do the things that everybody else does, right? We're going to go out. Well, I say that, but it's yeah, not, I don't think that's, that's, true that's not true. I think that's what you really need to do, yeah. really get in deep because, you know, while it looks like we had a conversation. Yeah. And I know talking with you and dealing with sales reps, which I don't do a whole lot of that. Um, but he always talks about how to command and control the conversation. Yep. So while it looked like a conversation that was just two, two guys having, it was very led by Matt. But at the same time, he's trying to find out, can I actually help you? Can I actually, do I have anything to offer you at all? And if not, it's like, you know what, I, I don't have anything that can solve that pain. You go to the doctor and you have a broken leg and he doesn't do legs. Well, you don't have to go to that doctor because he can't solve it. Right. Same thing for that we're trying to find out now. And to actually be, I know people like a sales rep, but actually be someone that can help someone. It's not what we are. We're yeah. here to help you. And if we can't help you, we're not going to help you. That's where that conversation has led. Well, and there's so. there's so many things that, I, you know, and it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a system, it's a science that, on how we go about selling that that was the easiest, you know, role play type of thing that we could have done. Right. But there's a lot of things that pop up in conversations a lot, especially when you're sitting with somebody and you're starting to extract pain, be things like, well, you know, we've been with them for four years because, you know, we only have a certain amount of budget. And so then I'm going to start asking other tough questions, right? Like, so they've never increased your price in the last four years. Well, no. Okay. So, and it's a tough question, but do you think that may have some, you know, that could be a contributor to your issues with cleaning? Because have you noticed that inflation has gone from this to 25% yeah. in the last four years? 
Well, I never really thought about that. Okay, well, most people were afraid to come talk to you about it. Do you think if they were getting paid what they're supposed to be getting paid that they would do better work? You know, so now they're like, oh, well, I never gave that any thought. Because what we're trying to do is disqualify the sale, right? Because what are they going to do when they get our bid and it's 25% more? They're going to go to their current company. They like the guy. Yeah. They're going to say, hey, if we gave you 25% more, would you stay? So we're trying to find ways to, to, to diffuse the bomb that's going to obviously go off at some point. Yeah. Right. So be curious, ask good questions and practice your questions. And while it looks like Matt knows all these questions, I mean, probably him and I, we both, you'll sit down and write questions. Yep. Like, and just like, well, that's a question I've never heard. You know, I read an article, I get a little sidetracked, but it's on subject from Mark Cuban. And he had someone ask him, this is like recently, um, if you had $500 and that's all you had to your name, what would you do? And he said, well, I would get into sales because I know I, I can do sales. He's yeah. like, I would learn everything I could possibly learn about this, the product or service. I don't care what I would do. I have $500 in the telephone. That's all I have. And then once I learn everything I know, I would work on my commissions. I would work on, can I help a customer? That's all I want to do. I don't want to be a sales rep. I want to be a representative that just says, look, I can help you or if I can, I'm going to move on. He's like, then I'm not wasting my time. Yeah. And that's exactly what we're doing here is that, is... I don't want to waste your time. And people don't respect people. They don't respect their time. No. They don't respect like, okay, anybody wants to do it. And then you get there and it's terrible. Well, I mean, it, we're, we're in a business that most of the folks who are watching this podcast have, you know, they, they own a company. Yeah. And so their skill, their trade, we're hopeful was cleaning, you know, but, you know, to learn the trade of selling is... It takes a lot of hours, right? You know, the Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours. You know, it, it's, taken, it's taken me years to get to a point where I can walk into a room and I'm like, you know, I've asked almost every question. I've been given every objection. Um, I know what I needed to control and close. And I'm willing to walk out if I don't think that we can, if they're qualified. Yeah. You know, those are things that take a lot of time. So if they're not, people aren't willing to, I mean, the question is about initial walkthroughs and all those kind of things. But if 80% of the deal is done in this part, you know, it's, it's more than just like, oh, do your research on LinkedIn and all this stuff. If you're serious about being a great consultative salesperson, you need to go out and get training and you need to be uncomfortable. Um, and to your point, everybody who's listening to this knows their business well. Yeah. Well, okay. Hopefully. Well, we hope. If not, you can learn. Go you can, on YouTube. You, you spend the time. Yeah. You know, that's exactly what Mark Cuban said. I don't care what I'd sell. I can sit on YouTube for four hours and learn uh, everything you could possibly want to know right. four hours a day after I get off work and do that by the end of six months. I know everything. Yeah. About that industry. And I think a lot of people don't, I know a lot of people don't do this. I mean, I've been training, I write training, and a lot of people still believe my mama told me to clean and everyone knows how to clean. Yeah, and it's not, it's a, it's a trade. And so we really have to get to a point where they're learning it. But what I would tell you on the sales end, every single thing that you think differentiates you from the competition, I'm a small business, I'm this, I'm that, whatever those things are, right? Stop telling people why yeah. you're great. Instead, sit down, write down all the things that you think you're better at than the competition and write questions about those things. That's not easy to do, you know, but it, it's, it's the way that people buy. 
You know, if I'm not, I'm like, hey, I, I don't suppose you've been having issues with communication with your, with your cleaning crew. Absolutely, I've been having issues with the communication with my cleaning crew. Well, tell me more about that. How long has that been a problem? What do you do to try to fix it? You know, I don't suppose that's costing you time and money. You know, and you start going through the questions and you get to pain, which is what you're trying to do. And sometimes but if you, they don't even know they have the pain. Right. But if I go in instead and I'm like, let me tell you all the ways that I communicate, that the communication works within our company. Da, 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 is that the moment you open your mouth, their ears shut and they don't want to hear it because what have they been trained to do? And every person who buys has been trained to shut salespeople's voices off. Like the moment you start selling features and benefits, you're dead. Yeah. Right. You're dead. So this meeting is about questions. It's about diagnosing the issue. And then once we get through that, um, we are able to give them a quote. So after we get done with our meeting, we're going back to that. We're going to go out and we're going to measure the building. Okay. So we're going to hit that building. We have lasers, we have, you know, wheels, whatever the, you know, is necessary. And when I say measure, right. And this is something that I've, we've gotten some comments on, on videos that have said, well, if this is a big building, you're measuring every single yes. room. That could take some yeah. time. I'm like, okay, you know, just last week we were out in Arizona, Greg and I and, and another person, and we walked, what, nine buildings, 10, no, 11 buildings? Large buildings. Large buildings, 47, 50, 60,000 square foot facilities, and we measured every single room, and we measured uh, what's the flooring surface, yeah. how many sinks are in this area, all of the stuff. And we're not just doing that because we want to get a good sales number because, to be honest, that facility or that group of facilities, I got um, you know blueprints and I did takeoffs. So I was able to quote it off of that. We do it because operations needs that information. So if we're not doing it at the sales call, then we have to go back and do it before operations put staff in. So you might as well do it right now. And most facilities are not going to be that size. It's going to be harder to bid it off of like, you know, a takeoff of a, you know, a blueprint and they don't even have the stuff. Yeah. So you got to measure everything and you have to be detail oriented. Take pictures. And when he says measure everything, you want to know what the flooring surface was. Um, you know, is it LVT? Is it VCT? Is it carpet? Is it grouted tile? What is it? And like Matt's saying, take the pictures because the last thing a sales rep wants to do, think of it this way, is pause what they're doing in sales to go back and tell an operations person, hey, here's a picture of it. Um, I'm over here now, oh, that's that's grouted tile. They're not gonna wanna do that. So do all of that up front. That shows a yeah. couple things. The customer's like, I don't know how many times we get this. I've never had a janitorial come measure. Janitorial company comes measures? And if they do measure, they're doing an, uh, they're doing a, a like a you know an aggregate like they're measuring the outside of the building or something. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not. And, and I think the belief is is that if if you go in and measure the building, then you're taking their time, and they don't want their time taken up. It can't be. You know, I look at that as a qualifying situation. If I have a prospect and they say I don't have time for you to walk my entire building, I'm like, then you don't have time to make yeah. a good decision. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm done. Like, a, their decision's probably already made. They're with someone else. They're already going to do something else. They and just that's, want to quote. Yeah, that's an opportunity for you to ask better questions and figure out what's going on. But measure the building. Take pictures of dispensers. Take pictures of restrooms. Take pictures of lobbies. Take you know, a picture of the outside of the building. Like, there's at least 
those and maybe 10 to 15 other things that you should take pictures of so that when you're getting with your crew lead, because think of it that way, you're meeting with them in an operations meeting and they're like, well, what is this new building that we're going to be taking on? You can just roll it all out. This is and what you have know, a place to boom. put it. Yeah. Like we have so many people that will take all of that and they're like, well, I, once I, you know, make $500,000 a year, I'm going to buy a CRM and I'm going to put all this in there. But for now, I'm just going to keep it here. You can put everything in a Google Drive. We had to start doing that. Yeah. Where it wasn't a Google Drive back then. It was no. like a little disk. But anyway, um, but you have a Google Drive. You can put the name of the customer, create a little building inventory form that shows you where all the square footage at, what it is, put all your pictures. And then you can just say operations. Open up the Google Drive, go to that building. Everything's there you need. Yeah. I'm moving on doing something else. Right. So. Because salespeople are usually... Like if that's all they do, in most cases, people who are listening to this are not that. But um, you know, most salespeople that you'll hire off, you know, off the street um, and train and all of that, they don't want to do all this detail-oriented stuff, right? They just want to like get in, pay me my commission, I'm moving on to the next thing. So there's a lot of challenge in working with salespeople to do this level of of, um, of detail, without a doubt. But once they start seeing and they start <laughs> selling, and they're like, okay, now I'm making money, they're gonna want to do it. They're going to be like, yeah, it's measuring. It took me time, but the customer now has confidence in me and no one else does that. They just walk in and be like, uh, 750 yeah. and, and walk out. And detail orientation um, with salespeople that is recognized, noticed by prospects that turn into customers, those are referral machines. Yep. Because they're going to be like, I've never had a company that came in and did what they did because the result of operations is going to be better if the detail work is done up front. And because it's always the stuff, the first week, the first month, and we're not perfect, we make mistakes, you know, but if you follow the process and you get things done and you have the detail, you're going to have a much better chance of success than you would if you didn't. I mean, it's just the way it is. So, um, so what comes after the walkthrough? You're documenting everything, right? So you're going back, you're taking all of your, your raw measurements, you're putting it into a, in, into a spreadsheet of some sort. Um, that spreadsheet, like you said, is being put somewhere where everybody can find it. It's not like it's some yes. hidden thing that only salespeople get to see. Um, and then you're going to create the number, right? Now, we have a proprietary sales um, uh, uh, you know, formula, yeah. um, an app that we, we've designed for this so we can put everything in and it will give us at least a, a high you know medium, medium low, low price and then I, I always go in and look at it and say does this make sense right is this actually the number uh, most of the time it is there are things that you have to take into consideration i would recommend that you go to um, our youtube video on bidding because i'm not going to rehash that whole thing um, there's a lot of really good nuggets on there about not yeah, everything is the same if it's fifty thousand square feet in a class A building versus 50,000 square feet in a medical office building, it's not the totally same. Different. You know, 50,000 in an industrial manufacturing facility to any of those other two, not the same. So you, you've got to know what your production rates are going to be and have somebody who's able to look at it and say, no, this doesn't make sense. Right. So um, putting together the proposal, again, a lot of good stuff on YouTube about creating proposals. Um, I'll just leave it with, I'll leave you with this nugget. You need to create a proposal assuming that the person you're handing it to is not going to be the person who's making the decision, right? So we, we've talked about this in past YouTube videos and I think a podcast too. 
is that we get all upset because the person that we're talking to is not the quote unquote decision maker. I don't want to work with anybody who isn't. God bless you if you think you're going to be meeting with a decision maker all the time, because you're not. So when I make a proposal, the proposal needs to be as clear and concise as possible so that that person I'm handing it to is able to go to that person who's a decision maker and say, this is this is what their proposal is, right? And, and that not doesn't mean complicated. Like five pages explaining everything. No. The message is clear and concise. If I can look at this and be like, okay, that's that. Okay, I got it. Simple is better. Simple. It doesn't need to be, well, let's five pages. I've seen these proposals like, oh, this is how we do floor care. This is how we do this. Explaining everything. And the, the context like, this is just too much. Yeah. Well, and, you know, once you have your proposal and it's simple and it's clear, um, you want to have an email that you can send out. Now, I, I, pre-COVID, I would never, never send a proposal email. I would always go back and I would meet with them face-to-face um, if it was over a certain monthly recurring charge. Um, you know, now in 2023, almost 24, that's not the case. I mean, I, most people expect that you're going to send um, a proposal by email. So you want to be very clear in the email. This is what it is. Thank you for meeting with me. So add all well, those things in. Um, you said that, you know, you know, here's your price. Here's your proposal. Click on this link. Um, I'll contact you tomorrow because in your, your upfront contract before you left that first meeting, it was like, okay, this is what you can expect from me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to send you an email. Then I'm going to do this. I'm going to yeah. call you. If they ghost you, then you didn't do a good job exactly. in, that, in that first meeting. That's your bad, okay? So if you're getting a lot of like, well, they never call me back, then you you suck at sales. And I'm going to say it again and again. I mean, I'm going to, we should make a shirt. You suck yeah. at sales. Um, but, it, you know, that's on you. And so, but it's also an, an, an opportunity for you to look at what could I have done differently so that they don't ghost me. It could have been price. That could be it. You couldn't have measured incorrectly. There's all kinds of things. But Send the email, do the follow-up on the phone. I know, you know, millennials, et cetera, I'm not trying to beat up on millennials, but people don't pick up the phone anymore, okay? Pick up the phone, call, and say, hey, I just wanted to follow up with this. Okay, I didn't get a hold of you. I'll be in the area tomorrow. I'm going to stop by because they might not answer the phone, but at least you need to go in and get an answer, a yes, no, or a clear next step. Or do the thing, I haven't heard from you, so I assume that it's no, and you'll be surprised. They'll call you right back. That, oh, no, it's not no, it's not no. I've been on vacation. Um, I had a new person I'm training, that new person is not no. I just, I, I just let me look at it. You'd be surprised how much that little phrase gets people to say, you know, well, yeah, you're right, it's no. Or it's not, and this is why it's not. That's usually two or three ghost calls. Yeah. I don't, I'm not immediately doing that. Because yeah, I, yeah, you probably don't want to hit that the first time. That's, a little, that's a little aggressive, kind of like your wig. Speaking of wigs, um, I'd like for you to, to I, I think you might need a hair dye. I think you might need your hair dyed. Let's see. Swap me out. Yeah. And then this one, this was uh, second place. I think, frankly, I think this is first place. It's I pretty. Dig this one. I dig it. I mean, it, it's a little poofy. It's a little poofy. It. Yeah. A little. Yeah. But you know, it's it's nice. It's nice. I like. No, I haven't seen these wigs before. I got them. Um, so the first time he's going to get to see him is yeah, when he's when watching this podcast. podcast. So. So, um, so when I tell you it looks good, I I'm just going to take your word for it. I could be lying. Um, all right. So we talked about how to send the proposal. Okay. That's a lot to go over. And, you know, to be, you know, to be frank, this is not an easy thing to learn like in a podcast, in a podcast. like you're going to have to, 
really be committed to getting it done, right? And learning the the, the trade of sales. But so. like if they could do two things, like let's say you had somebody that's never done sales, right? Out of yeah. everything you talked about, like it's like like there's there's two things out of everything we talked about that if you do that, it will make you different than someone else walking. Well, I'll, I'll just I'll piece it in. Okay, first thing is disqualify them on the phone call, right? And so that's going to be price. And that's going to be pain. If you don't get price and pain, then, and when I say price, you're not asking them how much. It's going yeah. to be how big, how many days, right? Because you should know you what those go to numbers look store. like. Don't go to the candy shop. Um, and then it's going to be the, um, you know, the pain. Do they have pain? Why am I coming out, right? Going to the meeting, do not go in and just walk the building. You've got to sit, ask questions, even if it's 10 minutes worth, and then measure everything. That's, that's the other thing I would take away from that. Um, and then when you go back to the office or your home office, it's take all your measurements, create a fair price and send an email to them and make sure you follow up. And that, that's the main thing I would say are the takeaways. Um, but in that is a lot of nuance. You yeah, because for me, it would be a lot of tradesmanship. You've got to like Matt talks about the upfront contract, but you've got to get permission to ask questions. Yeah. Right. You don't want to be the guy at the gas station whose car broke down and needs five bucks you know, of gas, you want to be like a, um, you know, as we talked about on the phone, I'm going to ask a bunch of questions. Is that okay? Do we have a place we can sit down? Da, da, da. And then for me, it is do that, that background, you know, just Google, do a Google search, really fish, see what they do yeah. at least. And that way you can be like, okay, well, that's fine. It's kind of like, you know, talking with someone that you care about, learn something about that person first before you just start blabbering. Yep. And most sales reps just want to tell them what they got. They're just so happy. But, you know, do have the upfront contract with permission to ask questions. Yeah, I mean, it, it's we live in a world now that it's, 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 it's way, it's very odd if you can't find information out about people online. It is. It's very, it's weird. So if you're not taking the minimal effort of trying to figure out who these people are that you're meeting with and the company that you're going to, you might as well just walk in and say, I don't care anything about you. Just give me your money. And if that if that's what you're doing, they're going to know that in a moment. Yeah, you know. And if if you haven't Googled yourself, and you're dealing with a large company, you may want to do that. If you don't have a LinkedIn and you, you there's nothing about you, you may want to do that too. Yeah. Um, make sure your LinkedIn is good. We could go down a rabbit hole forever about this, but it's just those little things that if you're looking for big accounts, I mean, maybe your smaller ones they don't really matter, but they may. You know, they were like, oh, you're a third LinkedIn. And I know Matt. Yeah. Matt, hey, what do you think about this guy? We actually had that with an employee that we were about to hire. And we're like, well, I noticed this guy's a third LinkedIn for for a person. And Matt picked up the phone and called the guy. He's like, do not hire that guy. Yeah. So there there are things that, you know, it's important that we have the connection. So we know what our, you know, what the professional online persona is and also who they are. And I, I totally agree. So now we get to go into the fun stuff again, Greg. Is uh, th This is Greg's little bit about this or that. This is my this or that. So it's this wig or that wig. So you can vote on that. I don't know how they want you to vote. Um, I choose this wig. This wig, I, I don't know what it looks like, but it feels better. That one was super itchy, so I do not recommend. No. It's a two out of ten. Um, but let's get into it. Okay. Uh, so, Matt, you could have a rewind button. Or a pause button on your life, what would you do? I, oh, wow. Are you my therapist? I could be. You could be. Do you like but, therapist with an afro? I do. That could be me. I, guess I didn't know I that I did, but I think, 
it, it makes me a little uneasy, um, but I think uh, I, I'm going to go with uh, a pause button. See, I agree. Um, you know, especially like with us, with kids going into college and yeah. little kids growing up, it's like you could pause and unpause it for a little bit. I don't want to rewind because I'm always afraid that what happens if something changes. So I would yeah. go with the pause button too. Yeah, pause button. So the next one, I'm pretty sure I know how Matt's going to answer this. Oh yeah. Would you rather be four foot five or seven foot seven? I, I would rather be seven foot seven. I'd be seven foot seven. I'd be dunking on random people. This is. <laughs> I'd dunk on a lady at the grocery store. <laughs> Person crossing the street. You go to dunk on. You go to Dick's Sporting Goods just to Everywhere. just to dunk on somebody. Just dunk on everybody. Yeah, I know. I I um I'm a big basketball fan, as you know, and so I, I'm I, going to the deep end, not having to tread water. Yeah, I've been watching Wembyama play quite a bit, and. It's a little awkward to see, but it's I, I, a seven foot seven like basketball player is a cheat code. Like I, I think it's it's awesome to see. So and he's seven four, I think. But anyway, seven seven for sure. All right. Would you rather spend the next year exempt from taxes or have a one month paid vacation to anywhere in the world? Paid vacation anywhere in the world. I think I'd rather be exempt from taxes. Um, that could mean you make no money, though. So that you got to think about that. Well, okay. Anyway, I'm not gonna. This is this is a trap question. I can't I can't get into this. Um, I will say then I'll say the one month vacation because if I can go anywhere, I'd go all over the place. I'd get a yacht. So let me so let me just add to this. Okay, I'll do the one month anywhere vacation as long as it's a business expense and it's tax deductible. Perfect. Okay. See, we win-win. Win-win. Yeah. Um, would you rather listen to a genre of music that you hate for the rest of your life or listen to your favorite album for the rest of your life? And then what is your favorite album? Ugh. Is it ABBA? No, it's not ABBA. It I mean, a favorite album would be tough, but I, I would definitely... So, so my wife says I have a problem, um, and I already know that, but she just makes sure that I know. Um, I, I'm one of those people who watches the same movies over and over again, and I tend to listen to the same music over and over and over again. A lot of people, though. Um, if I had to listen to the same album over and over again, it would probably be... Uh, so I'm going to choose that. But then you hate the rest of it. So why would you want to do that? Well, no, I, I wanna, I'm going to choose to listen to my favorite album. And my favorite album, if I had to listen to one all the time, probably be The Wall by Pink Floyd. It's a good album. I would do the same, but I really don't have like a favorite album. I'm, but you have to choose. You're going to a, a deserted island. So probably, I would gotta choose. Do Eagles, like Hotel California album. That's a great album, too. I would do that. Yeah. Um, or Dr. Dre. Uh, yeah. It'd be Dr. The Chronic. Yeah, that's a the good Chronic one. would be a good one. That is a good one. It's, it has, yeah, it's definitely got a lot of different sounds to it. I like it. I thought about that one, too. Oh, this one here, this next one, it hits close to home. Would you rather be stuck on a broken ski lift or a broken elevator? So I'm going to choose. I know I already know what you're going to say, but um, I'm, I'm going to say like nervous. I'm going to say a broken elevator because I've been on a broken ski lift before. I was stuck up on one for a couple hours, and it's freezing cold and it sucks. Like yes, I mean you're like, well, I'm going to jump at some point. Like you know, maybe there's enough powder down there, you'll be okay. I'm not jumping. I'm just going to make the camp up there. Yeah, but it, it is freezing, dude. You're going to freeze it to death. You're going to elevate. Say it's in the snow. What if it's like in the oh, summertime? All right, all right. So looking you, for all right. what, what, what is a bear trying to get you? 
you're you're adding some stuff to this, man. Yeah, you know, like I, I got to do it. But I'm going to do a broken elevator. So I will never do a broken elevator. That's like my worst nightmare. So I was in the military, and they had these little rooms that were um, air conditioning rooms that that air conditioned the, you know, the ship, and we had to go in there and clean them. And I went in, and you have to shut the door, of course, because you know who knows the ship might sink, you know, on the pier side in San Diego. You, know, you never know. <laughs> you never know. Well, the little dog things that you lock it fell off. So I was like, no one knew I was in there. I was in there for hours, and ever since then I've like crazy claustrophobia. And then I, as a, the hospital we used to do. Got stuck in the elevator. No, 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 no. Never again. You got stuck in a janitor closet once, too. Yes, I did. This, and that <laughs> door will never be the same. No. I, I, I wasn't there. I heard the story. This was the smallest janitorial closet that you could ever think of. It was like it, literally I, probably it, four feet by four feet. Not, I bet you it wasn't even that. You can't even turn around in it. No, it was super small. And it was like right next to the administration office. And I mean, I, I'm getting a phone call from um, the administration's office saying like, you wouldn't believe it. Your brother just got stuck in the janitor closet. It was, and it was Josie. Yeah. Like, this is the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. And like, he was freaking out, like freaking out, like trying to knock the door down. Um, I wish I was there. Uh, it would have been great. But no, it's okay. I, get I, don't, it. I don't do claustrophobic. I don't do it. We could tell other stories about trying to sneak off campus when we were in high school, and he was stuck in a in a trunk, and he freaked out, and I was in there with him. Yeah. Anyway, we're not getting, we're not going there. Kids, go to school. Go Education to school. is important. Education is important very yeah. much. So. All right. Unless your parents want you to clean, then you need to do that. Yes, right. <laughs> All right. So questions. Um, so we're gonna go here. Oh, we have some questions um, at, at Chunto two thirty one. I think that's right. It could. See, Hunter. So when you throw a number out, do you do it while you're there on the walkthrough to get an idea for your proposal? That's a good idea. I always thought not to give a price when I'm there. Um, so first thing I'll say is you want to reference um, the do this to close every commercial cleaning deal every time, right? Every, that, time. every time. So do this to close the commercial cleaning deal every time is a video. Google it. So I'll, let me say this. Um, I'm not going to throw a price out unless I'm getting a sense from that prospect that they're cheap. Yep. You know, so if they're if they're just going to be like, oh, well, you know, we're getting five bids. Well, what's the most important? You know, that's the question I would ask is what's the most important to you, um, you know, about getting a quote? Well, price. Well, you know, it's probably fair for me to tell you what I think this is going to be. I will deliberately price it 40 to 50% higher when I'm talking to them. So if it is a $3,000 account, I mean, it, oh, it's 4,500 bucks, you know, $4,000. Like, oh my gosh, that's way too high. Okay, well, we're probably we're not a fit and then we can go. So these are things that um, I would say, yes, you can, but you want to be very picky on, you know, and, and have a strategy on why you're doing it. Um, all right, next question. How long does it take to measure each room? It must take a long time in a large, large building. So this is from- I've got uh, a hack for this. Yeah, this is uh, at Alley Reading, 1350. Um, so we already kind of referenced this, right? But Greg, go and tell them what you're on, in the big building, what your hack is. So we were at a very large building in Arizona, a couple of them. And if you laser or let's say you can only get 50 feet, right? Uh, I grabbed our golf rangefinder, and that can get you yardage. 
So you're looking at, you know, I don't know how many yards, three. 700 yards maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it goes a long it way. It goes a long way. And then you just times it by three, of course, you know, because it's yardage. You just you times it, so that's a good hack. But, yes, you do take, measure each room. And, again, like we talked about, it does show that level of, I want to say professionalism, but more than anything, commitment. If you're going to be there, and even at a 2,000-square-foot building, which no one's going to measure, yep. it shows you that level of commitment that I'm going to write, this is Matt's office, Greg's office. This is the conference room. This is this. This is the floor care. They're like, whoa, I've never had this happen before. So, good right. answer. So then we have another one from at Allie Redding at 1350. Thank you. You're, uh, you, you ask good questions. Um, what if you're relatively new and don't have an entire training facility? On-the-job training is the only choice, correct? Wow, that's on-the-job training we do. So when we're doing in-house people, we always bring them into a facility and we'll teach them in a classroom. Now, as you know, nowadays, classrooms can be anywhere. You can do a Zoom from your bedroom if you want and teach them how to do that. There's many times during COVID that that really changed how we learn. So while I say, no, you don't need to, but you could have any facility. You have your house. You can ask a friend that has a building like, hey, I'd like to clean your building yeah. and, and go from there. They're not expecting it to be perfect. They're not paying for it. So to answer that, the easy answer is no. You don't have to have a training facility. It could be any building. Um, there's a lot of information online, on Google, on these. Honestly, if you go to these people that sell cleaning chemical and cleaning equipment, sometimes they'll have training programs that they'll just give you if you buy their stuff. Yeah. So just, you know, be creative. Well, and I, I would have you go to the um, How to Train Your Cleaning Staff for Success. Uh, that's a great video that we have on YouTube as well. Um, and what I, I would say, because I, I mentioned this in that video, is the reason that you have training face-to-face -face before you go to a building is you're, you're trying to disqualify the employee, yeah. right? Um, you're trying to figure out, is this going to be a person that's going to show up on time? Are they going to be in uniform? Are they going to be compliant? And so other things you may want to look at, and I think it's well worth the money, um, rent a room at Regis um, or WeWork, and there's a lot of uh, places like that. Mm -hmm. that the, the costs are really, you know, relatively low for a full eight-hour day. Um, and it does set the tone for professionalism and expectations of accountability um, if, you're, if you're doing those types of things. So employee hiring and training is an investment, and it should be treated that way. And if, remember, you're, if you're not, you got problems. Exactly. Remember what Matt's saying? It's an investment. Yeah. Spend the time and you'll have employees that want to stay and you'll have employees like, oh, well, this is a professional place I want to stay at. Yeah. And we've had some employees that came from other companies that are like, I've never even learned about bloodborne pathogens. So like, well, you deal with that every day and when you clean the bathroom. Yeah. And you've never learned about it. And then, you know, they're like, well, it's a big difference. So. Yeah. And you're setting the clear expectations. Well, I mean, this has been a, an interesting um, topic and one that, you know, I, I really hope that we're able to do a lot more on this. Um, and, you know, for those of you who are, you know, out in the world looking for um, resources for training um, and coaching around sales, uh, you know, it, we'd be happy to, to talk with you. Um, you can, you know, feel free to uh, send us a, a message and, you know, we'll see if we can set up a time to talk to you on the phone. Um, we are looking at rolling out some consulting uh, with some folks because this is a these are things that take, you know, it's not like you, you don't learn how to ride a bike at a seminar, yeah. I guess is the way that they used to say it. Like you've got to learn by doing, you've got to learn by having a coach and a mentor who can help you through 
the challenging times and the times that you're afraid to ask the tough questions. So, um, but yeah, great, great stuff. Um, thank you, uh, Gary. I really appreciate no your problem. your wig changes. It's been uh, it's been fun and exciting. And how you keep a straight face? I, I I'm fine with it. <laughs> I can't see it. So. I I've had a lot of practice. I mean, you, you can only imagine. Greg is a jokester, so. You, you have it's a lot of fun being around the office this dude's always rolling around he's got a wig on a hat doing all kinds of stuff so i think i've just become immune to the craziness and the hilarity that is greg stowe so yeah, um all right well we want to thank everyone for watching uh, or listening uh to this episode of the octa clean podcast and if you're watching on youtube please like and subscribe um leave a comment questions uh with the topics that you I want to discuss next time, of course, questions about this particular podcast. And um, until next time, we'll see you later. Thanks, guys. I appreciate the time. See you guys later.